In an era of new flexible results oriented groups like the Quad, how should the United States deal with Asia's broader established regional forums like ASEAN, the East Asia Summit and APEC? Are they too slow moving, too bogged down by geopolitical tensions to be relevant in 2021? Today, I'm going to be outlining the analysis from my recent United States Studies Centre report, which argues that collectively these groups offer important opportunities for the US to advance its influence in Southeast Asia. The Quad versus ASEAN, of course, is not an either-or proposition. The Quad is a good way for the United States to align with like-minded countries and present coordinated positions. It shows a collective willingness to stand up to China, and because it's small, it can move quickly. So we've seen new announcements in 2021 on vaccines and other areas of cooperation. By contrast, uh, working in inclusive institutions like the East Asia Summit doesn't get quick results, but it remains an important way of influencing smaller and medium-sized countries who don't share strategic alignment with the United States. In its first year in office, the Biden administration has prioritised working minilaterally with small, flexible groups. This is what National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan has called a latticework approach to international institutions. Or he also used another metaphor, that the architecture was Frank Gehry, not classical Greek architecture. The administration has turned up at multilateral meetings like ASEAN and APEC, redressing the neglect of the Trump era, but it hasn't necessarily brought that much by way of new energy and ideas. By contrast, China and Australia had their relationships with ASEAN upgraded to comprehensive strategic partnerships in 2021, and Chinese President Xi Jinping hosted ASEAN leaders for the first time for a special summit in November. So if the Biden administration was multilateralist and the Trump administration was unilateralist in Asia, then the Biden administration so far is minilateralist. So why is ASEAN still an important approach for US foreign policy? After all, genuine cooperation in groups like the EAS appears less likely than it once did, given growing US-China rivalry. The hope that people once held for these groups to lower the risk of conflict and promote dialogue now appears quite remote. The US retrenchment from regional economic arrangements has also complicated this picture because a guiding interest in the founding of APEC was economic integration and the indirect security benefits that that would bring. But today the United States is at best ambivalent about that possibility. Kurt Campbell has said that US engagement with ASEAN would be a top priority in 2022. This will be to the US advantage if it comes to pass for three main reasons. Firstly, Engagement with ASEAN presents the US as a constructive regional player that works with all countries, not just those that share its strategic alignment and views about China. Secondly, it avoids vacating the field to China and to forums in which China has greater influence, like the ASEAN plus three or ASEAN-China bilateral relationship. Finally, it's an efficient way of doing diplomacy because it convenes many countries in one place at one time and US officials will never have time to travel to every country that they'd like to. The key recommendations from my, from, from my report include that the United States should use the upcoming calendar of regional meetings to focus on the Indo-Pacific. Next year alone, Cambodia will host ASEAN, Thailand will host APEC and Indonesia the G20. Those are great opportunities, of course, to turn up, but also to use those meetings to drive bilateral cooperation with those countries. 
The next recommendation is that ASEAN is that the United States should host ASEAN for a special summit and elevate its relationship with ASEAN to a comprehensive strategic partnership if ASEAN agrees. A final recommendation is that the United States should work closely with Indonesia. Indonesia remains the linchpin of ASEAN. It's the only regional country with the heft to provide leadership for that grouping. And it's hard to see the Biden administration getting ASEAN right without getting Indonesia right too. I said earlier on that Quad and the ASEAN Quad and ASEAN are not an either or proposition. Of course, the United States can and should engage in both forums but it only has limited resources and time. In 2021, it held two standalone summits with the Quad. One of those was an in-person summit in September. In 2022, the United States needs to make more time in the calendar to prioritise ASEAN much more highly than it did in 2021. So that's a quick snapshot of the recommendations from my report, which is available in full from the United States Study Centre website. My name is Susanna Patton, and I'm a research fellow in the Foreign Policy and Defence Program at the United States Study Centre in Sydney. Thanks for listening.